0: And welcome to the latest edition of Seattle Nice. I should say the latest emergency edition of Seattle Nice. We've specially convened on a Thursday evening, having faced the most earth-shattering news in Seattle City Council politics. Third District Seattle City Council member Shama Sawant has announced today she will not be seeking re-election this fall. There is a lot to unpack here. And for Seattle Nice, our first episode was actually about um, Shama's recall. And so we're kind of coming full circle. Erica C. Barnett of Publicola, Sandeep Kaushik, a political consultant. I'm going to go straight to it, given that this is an emergency episode. No time to waste. There's no time to waste. Exactly. Um, You know, she held a, a, a press conference this morning, talked about why she's not running. I wonder if either of you could tell me what she said about why she's not running.
1: Well, um, David, I, we talked about this a little bit off mic, but uh, but I I was not invited to this press conference. She made her announcement um, in a, in the Stranger. <laughs> Um, which did, you know, three or four kind of breathless posts about it. But I mean, the, the gist that I that I gleaned is that she's going to start a new movement. Um, I don't know what's wrong with the with the old movement or, you know, how it's how it's different than the current socialist alternative movement that she's part of. Um, but, uh, you know, something something about a worldwide movement of, of workers and millions of, uh, of people representing uh, the working people of the world.
0: Uh, I saw it on YouTube and stuff. Chris Daniels was there asking questions at the end and being denounced as a member of the um, really corporate media. Yeah, the, she she she, she did yeah. not she didn't take kindly to his questions. But David, did you get an invite? I I'm not sure if KW had an invite. I was watching on YouTube, but basically what she said was <laughs> right that she is a member, of course, of this revolutionary Marxist Trotskyist socialist group called Socialist Alternative, and the group is deciding that electoral politics are no longer the way to go and they want to focus their energy and limited resources on building a, um, a working class movement, you know, which is consistent with her politics, really.
1: I mean, it's not a it's not a power building movement. If you know, if you're going to withdraw from electoral politics, uh, th- her movement right now, Socialist Alternative has somewhere around 1000 members worldwide. So, you know, I think <laughs> they're going to be limited in what they can do and and this this sort of prediction of millions of workers is a pretty uh, farcical
2: pretty soon erica they're gonna have two thousand members and then Uh, i'll be so
1: sorry (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
2: american capitalism is quaking in its boots (laughs) you know this new movement that will break the back of american capitalism
0: well and bring it on workers strike back Which, which which
2: starts by the way by taking out Pramila Jayapal and AOC. I mean, I'm kind of just sitting back here like popping popcorn, watching Shama Sawant go off on. You know, she used to go off on the her leftist colleagues on the city council, and now she's going to apparently go off on the the Democratic. I don't one. know if
0: I don't know if it was the Amtrak rail strike that broke the camel's back, but that's one of the things that she talked about was the the you know the fact she called
2: them out by name, Pramila yeah. and AOC, and
0: Bernie Sanders. You know, for not being, you know, sufficiently uh, effective at raising working class consciousness and backing workers like Amtrak workers and and sort of folding to the conventions of the establishment, you know, martini swilling capitalist class, you know, like Sandeep.
1: Well, I think that this, this actually speaks um, to, you know, her legacy, or I would say, kind of lack of a legacy on the city council. I mean, her um, her practice on the council has consistently been to denounce her colleagues, call them all corporate Democrats. I mean, even though some of them are members of the Democratic Socialist Party, um, Sawant's um, party de- actually also denounces DSA frequently because, you know, they compromise too much and they work with others and they, um, you know, sometimes vote in a way that doesn't represent the pure policy position, which would be, uh, you know, a lot of times voting against everything, which is something that Sawant has also done. Um, you know, she votes no on the budget. She calls uh, people who would, you know, conceivably be her allies on some of these issues like rent control, like, you know, like taxation on uh, on big corporations. And, you know, and she just she denounces them and and shows absolutely no interest in working with them and has done so ever since she was elected. I mean, she's been nothing if not consistent in uh, in her years on the council.
0: What is her track record? She she takes credit for tougher renter protections, higher taxes on big corporations, bigger hikes to the minimum wage, those are among, you know, the major progressive accomplishments of the last 10 years. And someone says, you know, she was right there front and center and making those things happen.
1: She has certainly supported, um, especially since COVID, some renter protections, extending renter protections, you know, expanding um, limits on evictions, things like that. And I, I will certainly give her credit for that. I mean, she has been a leader on those particular issues. But um, You know, as far as these other things, and Sandeep also remembers the history of this, I mean, $15 an hour was something that came up from the labor movement, you know, started down in SeaTac. And I think Sawant, you know, as she kind of likes to do, in, in some ways jumped out in front of that parade. And, you know, now takes total credit for uh, for doing something that actually, you know, was a policy that was hammered out with unions, with the then mayor, Ed Murray, um, and, you know, was was a complicated policy discussion that she didn't participate in because she doesn't participate in complicated policy discussions. So, um, so that's one. I mean, and there's, you know, taxation on big corporations. Um, she proposed an Amazon tax that, you know, had no support from anybody. Um, after the head tax died uh, in uh, 2018. And then Teresa Musqueda, you know, uh, as far left as you can go and not be a democratic socialist or a socialist alternative, or Shama Sawant, you know, proposed the jumpstart tax and did the hard policy work to get it passed. Which again, you know, I mean, I just, I, I just think a legacy of, you know, not just refusing to work with others, but that kind of being your whole thing is, is Sawant's legacy.
2: So, I mean, it's not going to be a secret to anybody that I was not a particularly big fan
1: of Shama Swans, but I do think she was an exemplar
2: of the rise of a new style and a new wave of politics in Seattle, right? I mean, I think the first flowering of that was McGinn's win in 2009, right, of a kind of... A a, a, a a new kind of more adversarial sort of idea of, of left activist kind of ideological politics was sort of coming to the fore. I mean, Erica, you and I both know the the Council of the Arts was like the kind of Jan Drago, Margaret Pageler, you know, downtown. There was kind of an incestuous relationship with the chamber and that kind of stuff. And that started to break down at the end of the decade. McGinn's victory, I think, was the first flowering of that though. It's kind of, it was a kind of lucky confluence of circumstances almost that, that McGinn won, but 2013 when she won and surprised everybody and beat Richard Conlon, I think that initiated a pretty significant sea change in, in the dynamics of, you know, what the divides were in Seattle politics. And she kind of, I don't know that she created that wave, but she helped to kind of, kind of, kind of build it, and then kind of rode that this wave of left activists. To kind of, um, you know, as I said, like I, I, it's almost you. You criticize her on policy fronts because she didn't do a lot, but she she was all about a politics of symbolism. And purity, yeah, and
1: I and I don't think that's—I right? mean—that's not a politics that I'm interested in or care about because I'm interested in—I mean, especially at a local level, like what are you even there for? And a micro lo- local level, she represents a district, and people in her district frequently would complain about the fact that they couldn't get her on the phone, they couldn't talk to her about you know hyper local issues. What? It, why are you even there if your job? If you don't think of your job as getting stuff done for the people that you represent? I mean, it's a it's it's a local office. You're not you know, standing up in Congress and giving speeches, um, it just, it just like, honestly, it blows my mind that anybody would put themselves through, you know, being on the city council, being attacked, which, you know, we have to say, I mean, she was probably attacked uh, more than any other council member. She is widely reviled on, you know, the, the right and the center right. Um, why put yourself through all that if you don't care about policy? And all you care about is representing the pure position. It's just, i I don't get it
0: it might be that you know that's that's what they concluded i mean cuz they're they're now focusing on pushing pushing the envelope from the outside and and is it possible that is it possible that socialist alternative reached the same conclusion that erica reached that you know ultimately if you're (laughs) going to be an activist it's harder to be effective if you're kind of in inside politics where it's all about compromise and governance and you know her argument is is the one thing that she never did that she's proudest about and and the way she sees herself as being most effective is that she was never willing to compromise on anything so you often did see those you know eight to one votes but i
1: mean when 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 you say they they aren't, they're they're withdrawing from politics, and they're not going to do that anymore. I mean, Sawant was their only elected official. So it's more likely that they saw that they couldn't get elected, you know, after uh, 12 years of Sawant being, or 10 years of Sawant, um, and uh, and said, okay, well, we're going to go a different direction, which is fine and legitimate. But, you know, it's not like they were, um, you know, it's not like the city halls across the country were crowded with, um, with socialist alternative candidates. I mean, it really was just her.
0: She laughed at that question when Chris Daniels asked if the tightness of the recall campaign where would she win by like, she she won by like 300 votes. And, and she was like, you know, she didn't even address him. She was just like, the corporate media like doesn't get me. It doesn't understand. And I just explained that the reason why I'm doing this is because electoral politics don't work. They're ineffective. And, you know, from her perspective, if you think AOC and Bernie Sanders and Pramila Jayapal or whoever are... Uh, ineffective because, because they're, because they're sellouts, then at that point, you know, maybe it makes sense to say, well, electoral politics doesn't work. We're taking it to the streets, you know, which is, which is what she was trying to do was kind of bring the streets into city hall in a weird way. Wasn't she like with all of the, you know. She 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 pines for nineteen seventeen, <laughs>
1: right? I mean, yeah, I mean, but but David, let me let me ask that, you that something. that is her vision. You know, as as a <laughs> yeah. as a fellow <laughs> reporter, do you think that we are going to be covering Shama Sawant's movement? And you know, well, we don't get her press releases, but <laughs> in a year, do you think we're going to have Shama Sawant's no, name on our lips? I won't,
0: I won't, unless my oh. job changes. I'm going to miss that a lot no. because I, Sawant oh. was one of the things. If people, you know. I sometimes got a chance to go on to national shows, and it's like, what's different about Seattle? Well, we had a Trotskyist on the Seattle City Council. I think she's the only Ugh. Trotskyist on any local government. I just don't government. think that's
1: as interesting as like, the national media do. Right, but, but here's the thing.
2: If Marjorie Taylor Greene resigned her congressional seat right now, how much coverage do you think she'd be getting a year from now? No, right. <laughs> it's true. Like, like, what? Zero. Like, who the fuck cares Let some wacko in Georgia cares about Jewish spaces? I mean, nobody, So it's right? a strategically like, so. <laughs> bad move, you think?
0: It's a bad move. Was she getting?
2: Well, I think I, I think Erica's putting, if I can jump in, I think Eric
1: is putting your finger on something. First of all, I don't think Jama's stupid. Oh, I don't think, I think she's I think she smart. Does. I don't think she's stupid at all. I think she knows exactly what she's right. doing. This is right. strategic. I, I,
2: I think she knows that she's defied gravity a few times in surviving races no one thought she was going to survive. But the reality is, her polling numbers are horrendous. Like, even in her own district, right? Now, she survived bad poll numbers before, but they're as bad as they've ever been. Um, so I do think she knows it would be her fight of her life and she may, and she may lose this one because there's, uh, there's already a candidate, a significant, serious candidate that's declared against her. I should say here, there's going to be other candidates getting in, including one I'm going to be working with that are like really, incredible strong progressive candidates in D3 that weren't you know that were planning to take her on and now are going to be running. Joy
0: Hollingsworth and Joy so Hollingsworth is no Egan Orion. Joy, Joy Hollingsworth is a
2: declared candidate I'm not going to say who I'm not going to step on our uh, But are you are you casting aspersions
0: uh, you know at Egan Orion, it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> I
2: Funny think would never I think Egan uh, Look I, I I think Eagle Ryan was, was going to win. I mean, one, the, one of the most before, sort of uh,
1: embarrassingly disengaged and, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, anyway, it's... Look,
2: well, this is my point about, look, Shava's polling numbers in 2019, her favorables in the district were in the mid-30s, right? Even after she won, they were in the mid-30s. Like, a lot of people held their noses and voted for her because they were pissed off at Amazon and their And their... Kind of, um, uh, you know, that the, their attempt to kind of their heavy-handed attempt to kind of come in in the late stages of the race and 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 um, and turn it in a particular d- direction, which they didn't need to do because she was going to lose before they did well, that, and they she actually did then go wanna, on. They, they, they scored an own. She goal.
0: survived the recall then yeah. too. On top of that,
2: well, I, I think there are a lot of people that voted against the recall because they don't like recalls. Uh, You know, because it recalls feel anti-democratic to a lot of people, I think pitted against a more um, uh, a a more consensus oriented, progressive candidate. I I think
1: I think it I think it just changes Uh, the entire dynamic of the race. I mean, and and I will say, you know, when um, when Shama ran last, I was living in the district. Um, Was that Egan O'Ryan's race? um yeah yeah so i voted for shama i mean you know you look at the options that are in front of you and she was she was a better choice uh than uh than you know some you know random amazon backed um you know guy who had had his job at uh the um at the uh gay and lesbian chamber of commerce for like a week then quit because somebody told him to run but you know i think that now um you know we may get some really interesting candidates you know i i don't know who all is waiting in the wings sundeep obviously is not going to tell us who he's running um but uh unless he wants to break the news here um no but I do not. Uh, but you know i mean i think i think it but it's someone you will like. Oh, okay, by all, right. all right, all right. Is it somebody who works <laughs> It's a consensus is it somebody candidate. Who works in the weed industry? Because we've got a couple of those already in this race. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, I, I, I think that an open race is a more interesting race always. I think that there's, um, you know, I said on Twitter today, I mean, I think that suddenly, like, there's room to breathe on the council. I think that, you know, I, I don't like to, you know, sort of finger wave about civility because I think that's, you know, a bullshit uh, way of trying to silence people but that said the uh toxicity on the council particularly um since everybody's been meeting remotely has been as bad as it's ever been um and i think that could abate somewhat when you don't have one person you know giving 10 minute long speeches denouncing the other eight people
0: only 10 minutes though yeah after the 10 minute rule got passed right
1: right i mean yeah Uh,
2: look she would go on for 30 minutes denouncing her colleagues if if she let her right i mean um i I do think look I, I I think she's been a unique figure in Seattle politics she got elected in 2013 elected reelected in 15 right and then and then in 19 uh, and then survived the recall in 21. she has sort of defied gravity and 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 defied her own bad poll numbers she's her supporter I mean she's a uniquely, um polarizing and divisive figure in Seattle politics. She's a little bit like I like I think she is a little bit like Trump on the national stage, right? Like the people that like her, like her supporters would crawl on hands and knees over broken glass to vote for her or to to, to help her, right? Like and everybody else, pretty much everybody else can't stand her, right? Like so I mean so, I think
1: you're discounting um, the number of people who are like uh eh. I'm a lefty. I I guess I support the lefty candidate, you know, and and aren't in the the weeds of, like, whether she's, you know, nice to her colleagues or not. I mean, I just don't think people vote, like, uh, with as much information as you're giving them credit for right now. uh,
2: Yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't think her problem in D3 was ideological, right? Like, I mean, D2 and D3 are tilt much, much farther left than, you know, maybe roughly 20 points farther left than the rest of the city, right? So I don't think she had an ideological problem, but I think the the way she conducted herself, her kind constant purity test politics, you know, a, a kind of extreme purity test politics, where you know, Pramila Jayapal and AOC and the Squad are all a bunch of like, you know, they're they're just as much a corporate stooge as you know, Alex Peterson and Sarah, no- you know, they're all the same, right? Like, like in her view, like I think that didn't wear well. With a lot of progressively inclined voters in in um in D three and in 2019, you said you voted for her because you couldn't you know you couldn't abide Egan Orion. I know probably four or five voters who said I was probably going to vote against her, but then the Amazon thing really pissed me off, and I kind of you know held my nose and voted for her. Like I wanted her out. I was kind of tired of her, not because they hated her politics necessarily, but they hated her style and her kind of holier-than-thou, like kind of uh, kind of approach to, you know, if you're a political progressive. And some wacko leftist comes and denounces a conservative, you know, as a voter, you're like, fuck well,
1: off. Well, I think, <laughs> like, I think, you like, know, <laughs> you were, you were talking about, um, you know, about D2 and D3. And that, that brings up, you know, a, a point that I wanted to make, which is that, you know, there's, there is sort of this argument that, um, that Sawant moved the Overton window and that now everybody's further to the left because yeah. of her. and.
0: I, I agree think with that.
1: I, argument. I, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I think the city and the Make in, that
0: argument first. Let's hear what that argument is before we say we we don't like it. If people don't know what the Overton window you don't mean to make is, the argument? Basically, you're saying she expanded the the argument on that side is that she expanded the the world of acceptable political She
2: she pushed her colleagues left. She didn't accomplish a lot on the policy front, but what she did do is like storm the council chambers with her red shirts who like screamed obscenities and yelled at uh, denouncing you're making her, a ridiculous
0: her. argument on her behalf i would say her argument for herself would be that she pushed harder on things like the minimum wage by you know by no. taking a, a hard line class-based marxist sort of revolutionary politics that was Unyielding and unwilling to compromise with capitalism. so when people said, "Well, why don't you like try to get along with like Amazon or the Chamber?" she was like, "No, the point is to actually provoke them into a fight so that you can reveal the ways in which the ruling class is vicious and wants to just kill the poor, sure. basically. that's those are her politics, whether you like them or not. And you know, she was a part of maybe a broader movement towards people accepting that kind of anti capitalist sentiment, certainly in Seattle.
2: I don't know that it got, I don't know that she got very far. With, and by the way, I'll, I'll buy a piece of your socialist realist art under the. the well, I'm just explaining it over, you know, it here. But, uh, I mean, I you're giving could, <laughs> the ridiculous
0: explanation. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, if you're going to.
2: No, I think she created a, t- a psychological d- dynamic with her colleagues who were like, many of them were themselves, considered themselves really strong. Left oh, progressive, I yes. came out of a movement. And she then denounced them re- relentlessly as corporate sellouts. And she created a dynamic that kind of stampeded her colleagues left on a lot of stuff. I, I think she did move the Overton window in that way. Like, like, and, you know, if you want to give her credit for that, okay, like, like, she did. So there's two different spaces I just um, want to
0: point out, Erica, which is, so Sandeep's talking about inside the council. I was just saying... There's also the question of like the Overton window in the body politic, which is which is somewhat different.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. That, and, and I yeah. was making a point originally about not the body politic or whatever you know, whatever you guys are talking about um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, about like the, the actual um, you know, council itself um, and, and what I was going to say is that, you know, I think that, I, I don't think Sawant sort of telling the council that they're bad for not supporting her positions and having people come in and tell the council they're bad, I don't think that influences a council. I think it annoys them and pisses them off, you know, if anything, or they ignore it. Um, I think that um, the body politic or just, you know, the world in general, um, and and the city of seattle was heading in a left-ear direction anyway i think that accelerated in 2020 just like it did everywhere um, or in cities everywhere yeah. and i think that um, that that would have happened regardless of Sawant. and the point uh, that what i was going to go back to um, talking about district 2 which Sawant brought up a few minutes ago is you know Tammy Morales is far to the left of uh, Bruce Harrell um, the person uh, that you know now mayor Bruce Harrell uh, but the person that she was defeated by the first time she ran the second time she ran, uh, she didn't have to run against uh, Harold again. But she ran; she won handily. Um, Teresa Mosqueda has come on the council since Sawant first run. One um, Lisa Herbold has come on the council. Now I realize that the purist leftists would not agree that she is um, actually a progressive, but I think she is. Um, and so I, I think the whole council. I mean, it is a very polarized council. There are people who are on the other side of that um, of that divide um, who are more conservative or centrist, but. The lefties on the council are farther to the left, and they were elected, you know, independently of Sawant. They weren't um, on the council and then sort of cowed by uh, the socialists screaming at them. Um, I think it was just something that was already happening. And to give Sawant credit for it, I mean, really, I think gives her more power than she's, you know, ever actually exercised. I mean, she hasn't been able to get most most of her legislation passed, and. If the council had really moved that far, they would have gotten behind her instead of, you know, proposing their own consensus-based alternatives to everything she wants to do.
0: Okay, I need to interrupt you all for just one second to bring you this word from our sponsor. Hi,
2: are you thinking about running for office? I'm local political fundraising consultant Gabe Magic. I help everyday people like you raise money to reach voters and get elected in city, county, and state races. I prioritize candidates working towards racial, economic, and environmental justice. I'll coach you through the discomforts of asking for money and tailor our strategies to best fit your skills. Together, we'll have fun and celebrate meeting financial goals. Reach out today to talk more about funding your winning campaign.
0: Thanks so much to Gabe Magic for advertising on Seattle Nice. Gabe is an amazing guy. You should hire him to do your fundraising work. And you can find contact information in our show notes wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to advertise on Seattle Nice, you can reach us at Twitter. It's real Seattle Nice. At Twitter, our direct messages are open. <laughs>
2: was her typical M.O., right? She would come in at the last minute and, like, put in some ludicrous amendment that had no, as you said, policy work behind it to figure out, like, you know. I mean, there are even sometimes ideas she had that might have been valid, but she never did the policy work to kind of figure out how do you do that. That's all true. she just throw out, throw a hand grenade in the middle of the council process. And usually, she was at the losing end of an 8-1 vote. um, But, there were times like in 2020 in the Carmen. she didn't essay, they didn't cut carmen best salary state. by
1: 40 so that's that i mean that's just not, they that's passed not
2: accurate a, they, they they passed an amendment and then they backpedaled on it um to cut the command staff salary by 40 percent. of course they did uh and that she had introduced at the last minute and the council weirdly i don't know why but they were you kind know, of in the paroxysm of their you know kind of You know, 2020 mass psychotic, like, like lunacy to defund abolition lunacy. And they, they got on board and then Carmen Best resigned and then they. Backpedaled and you know whatever, right? Like I think um, a better example. Like I think example. A better
1: example than the sort of you know yeah. noir of um, Sandeep's life, uh, which is the 2020 City Council <laughs> of the City of Seattle. Um, you know, yes. I think I think a better yes. example um, is more recent when you know Sawant someone always votes against the budget and um, and I think that you know the stuff that happens before that is sometimes interesting and this year it was she proposed this kind of, you know, frankly, meaningless proposal that was never gonna go anywhere, that had no support, that came out of nowhere to just, let's increase the jumpstart tax dramatically and by doing that, we'll have all this extra money and we'll be able to build all this social housing. And, you know, there was no, um, there's no staff work behind it. There was no proposal. There was nothing, um, that actually, you know, I mean, certainly there was nothing with consensus, but she just proposes this thing and everybody says no. And then she uses that as a justification for voting for the budget and denouncing the people. Denounce- and, and I think that, you know, that's a better example of what you're talking about, Sandeep, where. Yes. That
0: was the more typical thing that happened. Well, and on her own terms, and let me just channel Sawant for a minute, Erica. I mean, this is how the corporate media at Publicola always gets it wrong. Because what Sawant is doing there, I mean, it's exactly what she says she's doing. She's not about, like, bourgeois reform. She's about showing that when you ask for what working people deserve, that any yeah. of these incremental forms aren't really the point. The point is to provoke a backlash from the capitalist class or their corporate stooges on the city council or the state supreme court or whoever it is. And then this will like cause people to working people to understand like how their interests aren't being served by then people. Then make council. a real so proposal. Her, I mean that's the thing. She wants to propose things that will will provoke a fight, essentially. She's not a pragmatic reformer in any sense of the word. She's a utopian, revolutionary Marxist, some would say, you know, idealist. And on her own terms, you know, the question is, perhaps, like, did she play an outsized role, a big role in carving out more space in Seattle politics generally, inside and outside the council, for explicitly like anti- capitalist sentiment and politics. I would say she did. You guys are like, no, happening. that was happening I any mean, anyway. I think you're wrong. I think that in her own terms she's played party, a big role. Yeah. The
1: major anti capitalist party in Seattle is the Democratic Socialist of America and she uh, denounces I didn't say party. Them.
0: I'm sorry? I did not say party. It's about consciousness.
1: But what I'm saying, David, I know you didn't say party, but what I am saying is that you have a large group of people who belong to this other socialist group that's much larger, and she thinks that they're full of shit. And, you know, if you go on to uh, the Socialist Alternatives, um, you know, web, web page of polemics, I mean, one of their polemics or, you know, probably multiple polemics are against DSA. And so you have a socialist party that is like actually interested in legislation and interested in laws and interested she, in government. She's
0: not just a socialist. She's a revolutionary Marxist Trotskyist yeah, who so, believes and, in like and so international saying, revolution. My point,
1: I am, you're making my point, David. So my, my point is... The movement away from like, let's all, you know, believe in capitalism, and have faith in, in the systems as they are, was already happening without her. And she is the fringe of that movement. And that movement was happening regardless of her and in some ways in opposition to her.
0: Yeah, but as you said earlier, she got a lot of coverage. You said it to me. You said, would you have covered her as much? I mean, there was just a lot of coverage. I would say the coverage in some ways has been pretty bad because she's often kind of treated like she's just a Bernie Sanders socialist When if you ask her, I mean, she's 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 very honest about not being that, but like constantly it's like socialist city council member Shama Sawant kind of wants to raise the minimum wage. It's like, yeah, she wants to raise the minimum wage, but she also wants to do many more things.
1: Well, I mean, do you want there to be like constant coverage of, you know, nationalizing Boeing and, you know, just some of the other the, the other things that I think, you know frankly make people you know outside seattle just think we're lunatics but also like i mean to me as a consumer of media and a producer of media i don't think that that's that interesting uh, as a as a long term you know area of coverage and obviously you know i think david you don't either cuz that's not what you focused on in your coverage of the city council you know this kind well, of stuff when i when I, I talked about someone, platform
0: i, I did so. because it's accurate you know why not just cover it accurately but i hear what you're saying you know but but it's but again the corporate stooges like Chris Daniels asking her, you know, is she is she leaving office, you know, be, to spend time with her family? No, he didn't ask that. But, you know, is she leaving office because of some fear of losing elections? And Sandeep is like, yeah, that's why she's losing leaving office, because she's afraid of losing elections. And she's like, that's bullshit. You're not paying attention to well, what I'm saying here. Right. But, and but I, the, I, the, think, I, I think, think I you don't know, think that's well, an honest she's answer not a pragmatist.
1: I don't think that's Was an that? honest answer on yeah. her part because she has talked extensively in the past about, you know, raising money and running elections and the business of elections and, you know, d- declining democracy vouchers because she wanted to be able to raise money in an right. unlimited fashion. So, I mean, so, 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 so when it suddenly, comes to
2: campaigns, she's the best capitalist on the so, city
1: council. Right? So to so suddenly, I mean, she, yeah, she's so she's suddenly a, be like, oh, I don't care about campaigns and <laughs> asking about campaigns is, you know, m- makes you a corporate stooge. I mean, come on. I mean, she's talked about <laughs> campaigns. <laughs> She 600
2: grand. She raised six hundred grand in twenty nineteen by not taking democracy vouchers, so she could take bigger checks from rich socialists in like New York, and you know she was flying around the country. Well, we like, have. I mean, we
1: have we like have campaign finance limits, but I mean. But to your point, I mean, she, you we know, do. she she talked about how but that, but, but she but needed did. to do this because otherwise she might lose because of all the corporate money coming in, which is, I think, an honest answer. And I think saying that, you know, she doesn't even think about the campaign when making a decision whether to run a campaign is just, no, is no, just no, disingenuous. no, 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 no. When,
0: when she was running, she to take the Not honestly, all, what she know. said today was that took so many of their resources at Socialist Alternative, and that and they were dedicated to that, and they've decided that. They want to spend the money elsewhere, that, that it's incredibly expensive just to put her there. And wouldn't it be better to yeah. put that money elsewhere into the streets? And, and she also said, well, well, she also yes. said, Sandeep, and I, I, I felt like somehow yes. this was like a specific warning to you. Um, did you hear it? <laughs> oh, did you hear
2: it? I'm quick. I didn't. I have no idea what you're
0: talking about. Oh, yeah. 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 She, she yeah. Um, I got to find this quote because I felt like she was talking directly to you. Um, <laughs> let me find it. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Was it about oh, the consultant is, is class? Uh, she said, yeah. "I'm sure the corporate establishments in Seattle will be very happy with the news that I'm not running again, but they should not rush to mix their martinis just yet."
2: <laughs> <laughs> if it had, she had said bourbon, it would have, I would I would take it as a direct like like, like comment on me. But um, you know, I I mean, she's still I don't here. Know. I, don't, I just don't, I don't think you can again say like, again, like uh, I'm with Erica. Like, like 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 let's see where she is in a year. And whether like her movement is like rocking and rolling and like destroying American capitalism—it's
0: called the right? Workers Strike Back. I kind of
2: think she's—I don't think she's she's on a you know rocket to Russia. You know, if I end quote the Ramones, right? <laughs> um, and I don't think it's going to be nineteen seventeen anytime soon in the United States of America in the in the war between American capitalism and Trumpets of I, I don't care what odds you give me; I'm putting my money on American capitalism, right? Like so. I will say though, like contrary to, I know she wasn't all that relevant in the policy making. I can tell you this, like, like a quick anecdote: when we pulled together the committee that came up with the with the agreement about how Seattle was going to be the first big city in the country to do a fifteen dollars minimum wage. Uh, when we were pulling that panel that that committee together. Uh Ed Murray, who had just been elected mayor, was insistent that Shama Sawant be put on the committee. He thought it would be a really good idea he wanted to try to bring her in and, and work with her. And she was on the committee, and she did jack shit. She had no she had zero interest in that piece of right. Her slogan was fifteen now. And it was the bumper sticker slogan, it was the bullhorn slogan, and the and to Erica's point about this. The work of actually kind of how do you do – how do you take the minimum wage from $9 to $15 in a way that works for the city and builds a you know, a, 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 a real progressive gain? She didn't give a shit about that. She was just like, let's like, flip the switch and do it right now. And I don't give a shit if like a bunch of small businesses get fucked and go out of business. To your point, David, she's like that's just like the evils of capitalism and I'm just going to blame capitalism for that if that happens. And – and if the if chaos ensues whatever that's good for our revolution right whereas like kind of and so in some ways i think her purity politics and her her uncompromising radicalism in some ways became a kind of obstruction to making progressive gains right effective progressive gains at times right and and she became an impediment to um to progress right because what she really wanted was chaos
1: Voted. I I mean, sort of to that point. I mean, (laughs) I'm just thinking about a recent vote. And this is, you know, recency bias because my my brain is a sieve. But Um, But, you know, she voted with Alex Peterson and the kind of the the car-loving, you know, suburban-style wing of the Seattle City Council against raising the, the cost to have a parking space in your neighborhood, which has not been raised since 2010, I believe, so in 12 years. And, I mean, she did that because she said working people need parking spaces in front of their houses. And, you know, if that's not sort of making the pure position the enemy of actual progressive change, which is charging people to, you know, to take up space in our city with their cars all day. Um, you know, I don't know what is. I mean, that that one just really flabbergasted me. And similarly, with the vote to um to save the the precious drive through Walgreens that we talked about last week. Um, so want voted in favor of it by raising and raised this kind of um you know, I would say disingenuous, I know I'm using that word a lot, but disingenuous argument that um that while the city council is claiming this was going to be an, be affordable housing, which no one said, um they all know it's going to be market rate housing if it ever becomes housing, and so you know, since it's not going to be affordable housing, I'm voting to preserve this drive through you know uh, of <laughs> of of a corporation that was formed as a bank, um uh, you know, a temple of capitalism. So, I mean, I just – I think there's, there's many examples where there's a progressive vote no, that but, but, she could but, but, but take but if she I, if chose I, to go the opposite way.
2: If I could just wait really quickly because I think, Erica, you're making a really interesting point here, which is that like in the sort of political landscape of modern-day Seattle, like Chalice Sawant was not an urban, right? Like, like she is in some ways more aligned with the kind of old land of Seattle, right? The yeah, 80s developers left. are the, bad
1: unless they the, the, developed the, my single family yeah, house and then yeah,
2: they're good. Right. if the if, if the if the if the conflict is do we build more housing but developers will make more money or do we sock it to developers even if we don't get any fucking housing out of it. She was a hundred percent on sock it to develop you know, nobody should make a fucking buck off of building some housing, right? That was her that's the old left position, right? It's the cap initiative of the eighties, right? It's Jim Street and Peter Steinbrook and the people that came out of that kind of, kind of, kind of NIMBY left of Seattle is like, we like that it's a provincial backwater.
1: Well, it's, I mean, it's in concert right, with right. that. I mean, I think she would say, you know, well, because we need free right. social housing for everyone or affordable social housing for everyone that's permanently affordable. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, then you're just espousing a pure position that is not realistic. We can't just flip a switch and, you know, make housing 30% of everybody's income. And uh, and, and all of a sudden it just exists everywhere. Right. I mean, I
0: asked her I asked her one time why she supported a bourgeois reform like rent control, which would just buttress the capitalist system and sort of make it work for a little bit longer. Why wouldn't you want to like have something like that not work? And, you know, I mean, she was kind of like, we need to be battling with the capitalist developer class. It's not about pragmatic reforms. It's about overthrowing capitalism. You know, and I would just say one more thing, which is that There are an awful lot of people in Seattle who say that they are, you know, also anti-capitalist, but none of them are as serious. She's very consistent. You're kind of making her out to be like, oh, how could she ally with, you know, somebody like Peter Steinbrook? And it's like, the answer to that is that, like, there's a certain style of radicalism that... You could see Sawant like saying we should save Pike Place Market or something like that. But easily, this is a right? freaking Walgreens, of
1: course, this is a freaking Walgreens drive thru I mean, it just I, I don't think that she is actually as consistent as you think she is. I think that you're choosing a point on which you can argue that she's consistent. But I, I don't actually I think that Walgreens vote was just out of out of left field. And, you know, and, and she wanted to stick it to her colleagues as much as she wanted to stick it to, um, I don't know, whatever phantom future developer would, you know, would tear down the beloved, you know, beautiful drive through Walgreens. And David, at the, at the top of this episode, you
2: reminded us that, like, our very first episode was about the, the aftermath of the Swamp recall. And if you recall, like, you brought up in that episode that her favorite TV show is Succession. Right? Like, you know, and, and I just wonder if, like, yeah, maybe, I, I don't know whether either of you have been kind of continuing to follow the show or not, but whether there's a sort
0: of succession
2: analogy <laughs> to be made. It's over. Maybe there needs to be an episode. Yeah. is it
0: over? Isn't it like... Is the show Maybe over? there's going to be another season. No, it's know. it's coming
2: back. It's coming back. I think there was another season coming. Oh. I think I saw something.
0: We, dis- we decided never to talk about TV again after that.
2: So, yeah, well, well what... Yeah, <laughs> so, who is... Look, I I do think – I I will say this, and this goes to Erica's point too about socialist alternative, how fucking fringy they are, right? Which is that it wasn't a real surprise, this announcement. The rumors have been rampant for months now that she was going to make this announcement and not run, right? And it was hard. There were squishy rumors. It was hard to pin down. Her circle is very tight and they're very insular and they don't talk to a lot of people outside of that. But nonetheless – Word has been around for months and months. I've been hearing every week that Salon's going to announce, you know, that it's coming. She's not going to run again. And today she kind of obviously um, turned out that was true. Um, but what really shocked me is I thought if she wasn't going to run, she would make a relatively early announcement just so Socialist Alternative could put forward her successor. Who is the, you know, who is the the, 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 the the dynasty, the social alternative dynasty going to put forward, and the fact that they didn't, and that they announced, we're not going to run anybody. The one seat we have nationally, the thing that got us all of our, you know, fame and infamy and, you know, got us into those, like, you know, penthouse apartments in New York to raise money and all, you know, we're not going to do any of that anymore. We're not going to, we're not even going to contest this. Well,
1: I think that decision was, I was surprised I think that that. decision was made by the fact that they have not been able to, you know, put lightning in a bottle again. And I think Sawant's um, appeal is, you know, somewhat a cult of personality. And, you know, she is, she is appealing as a personality and as a person, and they haven't been able to find that in other cities either. So I don't know why you know you would expect that they would they would have somebody here i don't know who the heir apparent would be but i would
2: think they would try
1: though well they've tried elsewhere and failed That's i why. mean and, and what else to do yeah. but yeah. say no. you know well fine yeah. i didn't believe in elections and electoral politics anyway
2: to to the streets. well that i think that goes to david's thing yeah they're just saying like fuck it all like yeah
1: we're, we're just gonna burn down the fucking house
2: and march in the streets and like you know blah 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 right all right
0: all right Rock and roll, baby. Thanks for tuning in. Rock and
2: roll, shot! Thanks
0: for tuning in to another edition of Seattle Nice. I'm David Hyde. He's Sandeep Kashik. She's Erica C. Barnett. Thanks to our supporters, right? Everybody on Patreon, you could become one of them. Don't let this podcast die a slow and painful death because you chose not to support it. Wow, uh, Graham. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> serious about that. Um, find a link. You can donate uh, in our show notes. You can also talk to us. You can, you can talk back to Sandeep, especially um, at Twitter. It's at Real Seattle Nice at Twitter or Erica or me at Twitter. And again, thanks, everybody, so much for listening.